Welcome to Wild Tater, the Food Forest Podcast. I am Charles Hathaway, and today we're going to talk about the Arctic raspberry. It is also known as the Nagoonberry, Arctic Bramble, or Dwarf Raspberry. Rubus Arcticus is its botanical name. And I will say up front that this is not some you know, raspberry look-alike or raspberry, you know, uh, mock raspberry or anything. This is absolutely a raspberry. But it is particularly useful in certain regions because of its hardiness, its cold hardiness, its, uh, and its size. Okay, let's start with the cold hardiness. It can thrive in zones 2 through 8, which means it can withstand cold to negative 50 Fahrenheit or negative 45 Celsius. And if you know anything about raspberries or blackberries and others in that family, that is extremely cold hardy for a raspberry. So if you're in a particularly cold climate and you have known for a long time that you can't grow raspberries, give the Arctic raspberry another chance. Again, this is Rubus arcticus. There are a few others that kind of, they're not exactly named Arctic Raspberry, but they'll be called something similar. And especially since they have, it also has the names Arctic Bramble, Dwarf Raspberry. Sometimes it will be mixed up with other species, but Rubus Arcticus is one that will withstand colds down to negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 45 degrees Celsius. And again, if you are in a little bit more alkaline kind of an area, you should be happy to know that it can take soils from 5.0 to 7.0. Most uh, raspberries will do okay in 7.0, but they kind of prefer that 6.5-ish range. But uh, the Arctic raspberry will do just fine in 7.0. So they're a little more alkaline tolerant, a lot more cold tolerant. Um, the one thing that you'll want to keep in mind with these raspberries, as opposed to some other raspberries, is they really do like water. Now, they're listed as only needing medium water, and they do tolerate drought, but they really like their water, and they will produce more fruit. If they have water, they will be happier plants. They will grow more prolifically. Um, they do like their water, so uh, keep that in mind. Their blooming season is late spring, and their harvest season is kind of long. It's about two months long, from midsummer to midfall. So uh, you're talking about an entire season of, of ripe fruit coming. Now the fruiting age is one to two years old, and in order to pollinate these for fruit, this varies among different raspberries, but for the Arctic raspberry that we're talking about, you're going to want two Arctic raspberry plants of different varieties. That means either get the clones of two different varieties, you know, if there's a name for a particular variety of the Arctic raspberry, or you can get two that were each grown from seed seed produces unique variety. And so if you either have one that grew from seed and, you know, and then a clone from another one, that's fine. Or if you have two separate seeds that were grown, that's fine. Or if you have two clones from different varieties 
of Arctic raspberry, that's fine. Just make sure you get two different varieties because if you just order from a shop and say, well, I'll just order 20 of them and then we'll be sure to be fine. And these all happen to be clones of the very same variety. You're not going to get much, if any, fruit at all. So uh, just make sure you have multiple varieties. And honestly, with anything of that kind of a, you know, uh, pollination preference the more varieties you can get the better and if you know I don't I haven't looked up how to grow these by seed but if you get several to grow by seed then what you'll have is several varieties and then from there you can clone them quite easily um, by means that we will talk about in a moment um, so their size at maturity and this is the other thing that is unique to raspberries as far as these ones are concerned they only grow six to ten inches ten inches tall they kind of prefer that six inches tall range and then they will grow 12 inches wide so these are a true ground cover as far as raspberries are concerned these creep along the ground which depending on your setting and how thick your food forest is or your backyard um, if you are trying to or if you're thinking of these oh this would be a great thing to grow under my trees because it's so short uh, maybe not they do prefer not just prefer they kind of demand full sun they want their sun they're you know, they're kind of picky that way they want full sun but they want to be right down there on the ground so you know and because of that their preferred habitat is you know like boggy swampy grasslands where there's not shade cover but there's lots of water and they also like a good wet woodland where maybe they're growing on the edge where they're getting that good sun and again keep in mind your own climate if you're in a particularly cloudy wet rainy area then you're going to want them wide up out in the open so they can get lots of sun if you're in a you know desert where it's unabated sun for 16 to 18 hours a day in the growing season then you're probably going to be okay with half a day of shade or more um, they just they're just going to need that good six hours of solid sun a day um, and you know and they'll probably take even more than that their growth rate is slow but they kind of make up for it in their reproductive rate by root rhizomes and this is where we get to the uh, cloning aspect to it their their roots are like other raspberries but they're particularly focused on that ground and spreading along the ground they want to fill an area and so having an adorable raspberry patch I, i've heard it compared with strawberries in the way that they in their preferences and the way they kind of look the way they kind of fruit and so forth they will behave more like strawberries, but they are absolutely raspberries. Um, so they will shoot out those root rhizomes and, and pop up new plants. And if you are trying to propagate them um, to either move them around or get you know, more spread across you know, your food forest, then you can, you know, when a new one pops up, you can just you know, uh, dig it out um, give it as much space as you dare from the center of it um, and, and then, you know, going from the plant that it came from um, so that you can get a good chunk of root and then go ahead and dig it out, you know, cut that root as far out as you dare and then 
replant it where you want it. Now, I do not know for sure with this particular kind of raspberry, but with most raspberries, when you're trying to um, dig them up from the root and you're wanting to transplant them, for example, what you're looking for is the L. Okay, if you dig it out and the root goes straight down and then, you know, and then it's cut off or, or it just goes straight down and that's it, then either that thing grew from seed or it is, or you didn't get enough of the root. And you may be able to save it, but what it really wants is that L because uh, what it's doing is, it, is it's growing this root extending outward um, to start shooting new, new raspberry plants up. And if you chop it and you pull it out and it has this beautiful L um, shape, it kind of goes down and then just 90 degrees shoom, shoots off the other direction and you've got that L. Um, it, it, I, I can't say whether it matters how long that base of the L is. I don't know. But so far, every time I've managed to get an L shape um, of root, it has done well. So um, that's what you're aiming for. Anyway, okay, so the average lifespan of the Arctic raspberry is five to six years. Now, most raspberries, most cane fruits, as they're called, um, live closer to 10 years. So you do lose a few years. But again, remember, these are good um, root rhizome uh, self-cloners. So when they send up a clone, um, don't just cut it off because you're like, no, you're in the wrong spot. No, you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> you know, um, Save some of those or allow them a few to grow because five or six years later, your originals are going to die. And uh, you may not even notice that if you're allowing the roots to grow because it may go an inch and then grow new raspberries from that. And you're thinking, wow, my, my raspberry is like 20 years old. Well, it's probably not. It's probably uh, reproducing itself over and over. And I say itself because it is a clone over and over again. And it's just surviving just fine because of that. That is what I recommend is to allow them to extend some roots out. If you're really concerned about where the roots go, you may be able to put some kind of root barrier in the ground like you would for grasses that you don't want to spread or something like that. But uh, I would just recommend that when they get too far out, if, they, if there is a too far out for you, then uh, just chop them off and plant them somewhere you'd love to see more raspberry patch. So these are in the rosaceae family, which is the rose family, the apple family. There are a lot of fruits in the apple slash rose family. Everything from apples to pears to, you know, rose, rose hips, raspberries, blackberries, all the, all the brambleberries, as they're sometimes called, or cane fruits, um, are in that uh, rosaceae family. And again, these are, these are water-loving. They are um, tolerant of, of different soils than uh, some of the others. They're, you know, a little more hardy in that sense. They do like their water. They do like their sun. And beyond that, they should do very well for you. Um, one thing to keep in mind is it will, the, in, in some warm areas, they seem to struggle 
growing as much fruit. So if you're in an area with very cold winters, it will probably fruit very well. I don't know what the what the uh, science is there. I don't know um, why it is that they prefer the cold, but but observation of of some of the sources I've found seem to suggest that they will get their best crop in areas where it's a little bit colder, and then of course the water and sun that they need as well. And in those kind of areas, I think there is potential for a lot of fruit. And while I am an absolute proponent, and you will hear it over and over again, biodiversity, biodiversity, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of the, you know, 400 acres of, of, cro of corn crop or, you know, three straight acres of wheat or whatever. I'd, I'd prefer to see it maybe in patches or, or, you know, mingled with other things, as, especially as far as perennial crops like we're talking about. But ra these uh, Arctic raspberries are one that if you're thinking to grow them in some big way, maybe growing a mass amount to sell raspberries at farmer's market, and they do carry a very high value, I will say, a very high market value. But if you're planning on growing these in that way, you may want to open up some space. You could, you know, mix some clover or something else short and harmless among them to biodiversify. But uh, this is one that because it wants to branch out and grow a raspberry patch, like you have strawberry patches, it, um, the more you can do that and, and have them in that wide open, reaching the sun kind of an area, probably the more fruit you will get. At least that's my recommendation. Okay, so we've talked a lot about growing it, how to, how to, you know, how it does, what it needs, and so forth. How about the taste? Well, let me read you a quote from uh, Alaska Magazine. And remember, again, Alaska is a very cold place. But uh, Alaska Magazine, uh, an article written by Emily Mount, she describes her experience tasting this. She says, the explosion of flavor lit up my mouth like tangy fireworks. The sweetness of a strawberry, the juicy explosion of citrus, the texture of raspberry, the punch of cranberry. I became an instant devotee to the cult of the Nagoonberry. That's the end of the quote. And remember, Nagoonberry is another name for the Arctic raspberry. And there's, as far as I can see from the different uh, mentions of the flavor, there doesn't seem to be any question out there, but the Arctic raspberries taste fantastic. You can prepare, eat, or cook them in any way you would prepare or eat traditional raspberries. Um, and of course, you know, that includes jams, ice cream, pies, muffins, pancakes, uh, sauces, leathers, candy, and, and, and not just in the sweet fruits. I mean, they, they're chipotle, salsas, meat rubs, and host of other recipes. You know, if you're, if you're wanting a diversible uh, food item, raspberries are a great way to go. And for you in cold climates or other areas uh, where you may not have room for the height or, you know, bushiness of a traditional raspberry. Maybe you're in a homeowner's association where they, they don't like things looking that that sprawly, you know, cane uh, shape that raspberries are. These are a great way to go, and they will provide you all the food benefits of any other raspberry. And just like raspberry leaves 
can be used for tea, so can these raspberry leaves uh, be used for tea. And basically any recipe that calls for raspberry leaves can be, you can use the leaves of the Arctic raspberry, just like you can use the fruit as you would any other raspberry fruit. So there you go. If you're not sold on the Arctic raspberry, it's probably because you're in a place that's too warm or you're looking for something much taller. Otherwise, man, this is this is just something you, you want to try out. So I highly recommend the Arctic raspberry. Thanks you guys again for listening. Thank you.